Tom Chick, and my game of the week is not um, uh, that uh, Anarchy Online. This is Nick Diamond, and my game of the week is not the Stanley Parable. Oh, yeah. This is uh, Jason McMaster, and my game of the week is whatever Tom likes, or not game of the week. So, uh, something good. Yeah, this is Chris Hornbostel, and my game of the week is not Basement Crawl. Is that a real thing? Holy God. Or is, that, yeah. is that some home improvement that you're working yeah. on? Is that, is that something the people you kidnap play? <laughs> what the hell? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Uh, it's a PS4 launch title, isn't it? Oh, no, it is, with the teddy bear and the, I remember yeah. seeing an image of it, the teddy bear stepping in the bear trap. Uh, right, it looks oh, like Naughty right. Bear, but, yeah, but he's like a second chance at Naughty Bear. Yeah. <laughs> I need to call out McMaster for not only on his uh, his intro having to think of his name, <laughs> but, but but also for completely munging what is not your game of the week. You did pick your game of the week as what I like, McMaster. I think if we roll That's the tape exactly back, it. There you go. Okay. <laughs> I just I look forward to script. That what that means, McMaster, is that when we do get to your game of the week, it will not be World of Warcraft or League of Legends, contrary to what I think you're planning. Hmm. So there, we'll see where that goes. Uh, so this week, a uh, busy week, lots going on, and uh, we're just going to single out our, our games of the week here. Um, let's start out with an unlikely game of the week that Chris and I have... Oh, actually, you know what? Yeah, Chris, you have said this is going to be your game of the week, so I don't want to impose it on you. But what have you and I been playing a lot lately that should, by all accounts, be dead at this point. You, you, you wrote a lovely entry, which we'll post on Friday, about why what we're playing probably shouldn't exist. What, what are we talking about here, Chris? I think we're talking about the secret world, Tom. Yes, we are. Uh, an MMO, <laughs> for Pete's sake, an old MMO to boot. Uh, yeah, it's, almost, uh, it's over a year old now. It's ancient. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, we've been playing it for a bit here. They just uh, launched a new content update, uh, issue number eight, mm-hmm. that adds augments, which are really cool. I, if you can get an augment in a scenario, mm-hmm. I really recommend that you do that. It says the one guy who has one from the time we did it. <laughs> if you can get an augment in a scenario. Not all of us can get an augment in a scenario, Chris. I'll just have you know. You have to kill the bad so guys bitter. in the scenarios, Tom. That's not true. That's so not true. You don't have to kill the bad guys. You just have to get lucky on that stupid need-greed pass roll. I'd like to think that it's not a need-greed pass. I, I'd like to think that there was some merit awarded, like that's a modifier, like it's based on deservedness. Like who has a better build, they get like plus <laughs> Yeah, who, who who researched on the internet and found a build and just did that and used no ingenuity whatsoever? Or, alternatively, exactly. who gave it two stars at launch and therefore gets a minus 50 on his uh, new <laughs> pass roll? Yeah, that's what's going yeah. on. Oh. 
Now that makes a lot of sense, actually. You know, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> to, to be fair, uh, Funcom has been nothing but uh, gracious with me. I mean, so, some folks get really, uh, they don't want to work with you anymore when you say mean things about their games and reviews, but Funcom has been awesome. So uh, I, I don't think they've coded in any debuffs for my characters. I can't be sure, but uh, so far it seems entirely fair. Uh, so, so Chris, we jumped in. Actually, we've been playing off and on for uh, over a month or so. Um what has it been like? What, what are some of the major, for somebody who might have played it at launch? And Nick, I know you played it a bit when it went free-to-play. McMaster, you and I have played off and on for the past oh, year. Yeah. Uh, Chris, what have been some of the most significant changes since the launch? Someone who maybe hasn't visited it uh, in the last year or so, if they jump back in, what can they expect to be different? Uh, well, the the big thing, I guess, is the different little content issues. I, I You might notice those. I don't know. Um, I know that you and I, Tom, just finished off issue number six the other night, and I had a blast with that. I thought that was really, really outstanding. So you'll notice that. Uh, you mentioned that you're going to see that the population is really spread out over the game world. Uh, I think you mentioned that in your first uh Diary entry where you talked about how uh, this is one of the few MMOs where fewer people is better. And it definitely helps the mood. I mean, I really do get this sense that it's almost more like playing Fallout or Skyrim, but horror-themed. I mean, I, it surprises me. It's weird when I'm playing the game, and suddenly I see the floating green name tag of another player in the <laughs> distance. I mean, that's always a little... Dis- you sort of have to shake your head and go, oh, yeah, yeah, right, I'm, I'm playing an MMO, I forgot. Uh, <laughs> So, yeah, you know, there's that kind of stuff. Um, And then the auxiliary weapons, which did, I guess, go in uh, by the time that uh, Nick would have started playing when the game went free to play. Um, Those are in there. And I I, hate late adopters, man. I hate late adopters, Nick. (laughs) <laughs> says McMaster, you can only say that because you were there early on, right? Like you were not – you're saying that from a sort of a sense of self-superiority? Oh, yeah. I mean, obviously. You know me. I'm there early on in every game. What are you talking about? I have that smug sense of superiority over most people, at least in some game. That is true. McMaster, I will grant you that. So, so Nick, <laughs> as, one of, the uh, as one of these late adopters, Nick, tell us about uh, your experience coming to Secret World and what, what you think of it. Uh, certainly, folks have been hearing from me and Chris. I know McMaster has talked to Fair about it. I don't know that we've ever talked Secret World with you, Nick. So uh, give us your sort of little thumbnail opinion. What do you think of this game? Uh, it, it was really great until Guild Wars 2 snagged me. <laughs> it's a little yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, that, does, that, is a, that does cast a long shadow on pretty much any, any MMO you play, doesn't it? I, I think that's a constant with the three of us, too, from uh, last year as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I. you know what? I did like The Secret World. I jumped into The Secret World as soon as it got free to play. Um, I really enjoyed the... Uh, 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 the the kind of beginning, I guess, personal story or whatever the little little deal. I joined the I, I don't know. It's like the Asian super group of dragons. Uh, I think they're called the dragons. Sure. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it was like it was like playing with the uh, it was like playing the uh, chop sake version of the uh, Merovingian from you know the Matrix. So. <laughs> uh, 
just you know, a lot of you, said, you know. When you said Merovingian, Nick. I thought you were going for what's the what's the crazy vampire faction from that uh, vampire game? The one where the text was all written in different fonts, and you your guys were crazy. Not Merovingians. Someone help me. This is this is obscure, but I thought you were doing that. What, who are the crazy vampires from that vampire game? Anyone? Which Alcavians? Okay. Yeah, which? Vampires? Thank you, thank you. No, McMaster got it. McMaster, say that again. Alcavians, any White Wolf vampire game. Very good. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so Nick, sorry. So, so you were the you were the crazy chopsaki Merovingians. Um, <laughs> you enjoyed that. Yeah, I enjoyed that. Uh, I enjoyed the uh, like the mechanics. Like the first time you bring up that. It's the talent wheel or whatever it is, that gigantic spiral of skills was, uh, you know, it, it was super daunting at first. And I was like, oh, God, I'm never going to get my head around this. But then, you know, you you figure it out, you click into it, and it just, it turns out it's really just a normal skill tree. It's just they blade it out kind of differently. Um, uh, and I do like the, I, I guess the horror theme is kind of cool. You know, that's just not something you see a lot of. In other MMOs, you'll you'll get the you know the Halloween event basically every now and then, but they're mostly silly. They're not trying to actually be you know semi serious about it. I, I will say, Nick, that if Secret World was a, a fantasy setting, I would have zero interest in it. Uh, it's it's almost entirely. I mean, I really like as Chris and I have talked about in some of our our game diary entries. I really like the combat build, the finickiness of that. But it's ultimately that horror theme that, that keeps me engaged and that keeps me coming back. That sort of makes me want to see the content that they're doing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Agreed. If it was uh, a normal, I think if it's a normal, you know, elves and dwarves fantasy type thing, or e- even if it were like a, uh, a sci-fi, kind of just a straight sci-fi MMO, um, yeah, I, I probably wouldn't have even gotten into it. Yeah. Uh, Chris, you said you liked issue six. Tell us about uh, tell us about it. What did you like about it? Uh, well, I, I liked the fact, you know, I actually, I was okay with the weird little going back in time thing. Uh, that kind of worked for me. But then what I really liked was that very last step. I heard a lot of horror stories from folks about not related to horror, but just how <laughs> how difficult it actually was. It's uh, a different kind actually, of horror, isn't it? Yeah, the, the yeah. Bad you're, you're you're on a you're on the, the premise of, premise of it is is that you're on this train and you're running on top of the train, you're running down through the train cars, you're fighting guys, you're occasionally having to jump, you're having to kind of dodge out of the way, and I, you know, kind of. Doing a little bit of homework on this, I had heard people talking about, you know, falling off the train all over the place and how difficult that was. So I was really kind of expecting this to be a grind. And I know that I fell off the train way more than you did, Tom. However, it wasn't nearly as bad as I thought it was going to be. And I really liked the sense of place created by the whole train mission. Um you know, just the sound effects, the clattering of the train, and the fact that you're kind of moving side to side as well as it, you, you got a sense that it was moving forward, or at least I did. Um, and the other thing that was really kind of cool about it was by doing that as a group, you know, kind of duoing it down through the train, the combat never really got hard. 
and you could just kind of focus on the setting and the world and the fact that you're kind of doing this deadly do right thing where you're chasing a guy up and down a train and yeah, that was it was kind of cool. So I was I was all prepared to take issue with you, Chris, and say, no, I didn't like it. I've done so many train missions. I, I'm tired of train missions. But you know, just hearing you call it out for its sense of place, uh, I do have to I do have to give them props for putting that kind of train mission in an MMO. Uh, I, I don't know if other MMOs have done that. Maybe there's a train mission in Guild Wars I haven't done yet. But to be fair, it, it was unique. It, it felt different. Um, it's really it's really kind of divorced from the rest of the stuff. I've been doing in the game. And I right. think that was really kind of took me a little bit by surprise. Like, huh, okay, th- this engine can do this. Now, what would have killed it for me, though, Chris, is if you and I hadn't played it, because I tried a couple of times to get through it, and I maybe got, I didn't realize how much more there was to go. Uh, and there's no checkpoints. You either do it from the beginning or, or not at all. I mean, you're not going to be able to come in. Well, you, you can checkpoint. You, well, you, you can kind of, if you die halfway through, it doesn't make you start back at the beginning. You actually can res later on. You pass resurrection points as you go. Oh, you do. So if we'd gotten past yeah, yeah. the tank and I'd quit out and done another mission, it would have like the other No, that, that doesn't work. But if Okay, that's what I meant. Past, is that, yeah, is if you that get you past the tank it, and you fall off the train like I might have done a Right, but what I mean is you have to finish yeah. it in one setting. Yeah. A lot of oh, the yeah. quests, uh, all of the quests actually in Secret World are divided into what are called tiers. And if you if you quit out a quest at any point, it saves your progress at that tier. This train mission is one long tier, and it's a lot of combat. And I tried many times to do it solo and couldn't get past this one particular dude. Uh, and I kept thinking, okay, if I can just get past him, I'm near the ending. I was nowhere near the end. And as I realized playing with you, there was no way I was going to get done with that solo. And I don't know if it's a matter of my character isn't advanced enough or isn't kitted out well enough to get through, but that was never communicated to me in the game, partly because Secret World is kind of coy with this idea of, hey, we don't have levels, which they really do. (laughs) They just don't put a number on them. Yeah, exactly. So, yes, playing with you, Chris, it was awesome because... Duoing makes things so much easier in Secret World, but if I had, had tried to, if I had to beat my freaking head against that train mission solo many more times, I would have loathed it. Uh, and I just wish they'd better communicate. Uh, you're not quite ready for this mission yet. Um, right, right. Uh, and I did like just, and you're right, just the, the whole setting and doing this whole Indiana Jones swashbuckling adventure thing. Uh, you know, it was different. It, 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 I liked the how it tied into that kind of Egyptian setting that they're going with. Um, and I even liked story-wise, there's this idea that you're trying to recover the Ark of the Covenant uh, before it gets carried away to, for some terrorist thing, I, I think. Um, right. <laughs> I wasn't really clear on what was going on, but I knew just enough to think that it was cool. Uh, and here's what I liked about Issue 6. Um, Secret World is full of, if you pay attention, it's full of, if not good, memorable writing. Uh, and some of it is good. And, and one of the, the characters who I really like is Saeed, who you meet as this shriveled up, skinless, basically living corpse. But he's wearing a, a white sort of ice cream suit. He's an unwrapped suit. mummy. Yeah, he's an unwrapped mummy, exactly. And he's very debonair. Uh, their voice actor seems clearly like he's trying to channel a Ewan McGregor kind of thing. Uh, not just Ewan McGregor, but Ewan McGregor by way of Alec Guinness as Obi-Wan in the prequels. <laughs> I get that sense from the voice actor. So Saeed is this really cool character who's been alive for thousands of years. And he gives you some missions. Um, you've met him a few times. 
So in this particular issue six, Saeed gives you a mission, and the mission involves using these TARDIS kind of time travel booths. And uh, you'll do an adventure uh, in the present day, and in order to get an artifact, you have to go back to that same place in the past, swap out the real artifact for a fake one, and then bury the real artifact. Then you go back into the present day, and you go dig up where you buried the artifact. It's a cool gimmick. Um, it's basically just move from point A to point B, but I like the conceit there. Right, one, right. one thing that they do, which I, I loved this little touch, is uh, – and let me see if I can get this right. It's a cool little time loop thing. Uh, as you are going through the, the time booth into the past, Saeed gives you some little doodad. And he's like, I don't remember where I got this, but uh, here's an oh, artifact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This will help you. And he hands you something that looks like a little gold scarab. I didn't find anything in my inventory. I wasn't sure what it was or what when it would come into play. So I was like, oh, that must have been something they did in the cutscene that they forgot to do anything with, whatever. So you go back and you do the mission in the past. And then at some point, you meet Saeed before he was a mummy, which is really awesome. You meet yeah. the young prince. You know, he's 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 got skin. He's got flesh. He's he, he looks young and vibrant. Uh, he's not wearing the ice cream suit, of course. He's in his Egyptian garb. But you meet him, and he talks to you. You don't know what he's saying because he's speaking ancient Egyptian. Uh, but he talks to you, and as you are going back into the time booth to go back into the present, he picks your pocket and steals the little artifact that present-day Saeed had given you. <laughs> so right, that's right. He got it, is he stole it from you. Uh, and I don't know that it plays, maybe it'll play into something later, maybe it was just a cute little touch, but I love the fact that the writers at Funcom put in this 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 detail in the, in the cutscene. It was really cute. I, I like that a lot. Uh, my favorite character, and I actually had to get a ruling from a friend of mine who is actually from... Uh, Northern Africa, that it wasn't offensive, was Nasir, um, the guy you meet right before you get on the train. The, is... the dancing Arab explosives expert? Exactly. <laughs> what bothers me about him, Chris, and then I want to hear why you like him, the character model, I don't know if it's intentional, but the, the sunglasses on the char- don't fit on the character model's head. Maybe it's See, just I've never sp- actually noticed that. Yeah, I, they're they're like perched. Yeah, they're, they're basically going to notice it. Thanks, Tom. Yeah, I, I'm sorry if I'm ruining it for you, but they're basically sunglasses for his eyebrows rather than his eyes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but go ahead. What do you like about Nasir? Uh, I just he he made me laugh. I, okay. I, it's it's that easy. Um, that final cutscene, and it's a pretty extended cutscene you get before you jump on the train. The interplay between Nasir and Saeed is. Really, really funny. Yeah. Um, just he, you know, he's like, "You will be the Rocky Bilbo hitter, and oh, yeah. <laughs> you, you, you will be the expert who dies, and we all mourn your death." You know, it's just, it's really, really hilarious. Right. It's he's really a fan well of action. Like, yeah, he likes yeah. 80s action and stuff. It's that kind of the 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 Arab who's enamored of Hollywood. It's that kind of uh, stereotype, I guess. Which and, and, and so your friend said it wasn't offensive. You've gotten that. You've heard that. Yeah. He actually told me, he's like, no, it reminds me of the dude in, uh, oh, what's the Simon Pegg movie with, uh, gosh. Let's see, so uh, I'll, I'll go down the list. Uh, the the cop Shaun of the, the Dead, the, Hot, the, the, Fuzz. The, the, Hot, Hot Fuzz. Hot Fuzz. Yeah. Yeah, he said, oh, no, he's just like the guy in Hot Fuzz who relates everything to uh, Bad Boys. And I'm like, yeah, that's exactly who he is. 
That makes me think, Chris, uh, somewhere in that same area, and I haven't run into these guys in a while, isn't there – there's a, a, a gay couple who are like an archaeologist. Yes, yes. Uh, I love the fact that they, they did that. That's, that's, uh, yeah. that's so cool. And, and you walk up on them at one point, and they're almost kind of embarrassed that one right. of them's giving them one a shoulder rub. And right. like, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, that's really, really cool. What's really a shame in all of this, Chris, is that, that it, it, the storytelling and the writing in, in Secret World is so often hobbled by the dopey, mute protagonist loitering in the background. <laughs> I just feel like such a tool. Like, there are these cool cutscenes and cool characters, and here's this Sarah Palin alike that I've rolled up, just kind of like standing there, vacantly staring at whatever's going on. Uh, I, I do think it's kind of funny sometimes so that they acknowledge the fact that you don't say yes. a word. Yes. At, at least they're somewhat self-aware of that. But, yeah, I don't know. That, that seems like a, a design decision that was made early on right. that would, be, would have been really, I don't know, maybe they just, I don't know why they didn't change that. Because if you think about it, just come up with, like three male voice actors to to voice that dialogue and three female voice actors actresses to do that and just leave it be and have it be what it is. Don't give them a lot of lines if you don't want, but give them a few. I mean, you're you're definitely right, Chris. Though that this is part, it, it's just a factor of when this was made, and it was made at a time before Star Wars: Old Republic and Guild Wars Two fully voiced the player models. Uh, so I guess they didn't. They just didn't anticipate that it would stand out as much as it does for those of us who played Old Republic and Guild Wars Two. I guess. Uh. Right, but then everything. It, it. I mean, if you actually and anybody on this podcast or anybody who's listening that goes to download the Secret World now, you're not going to play the same day that you start downloading the Secret World because it's gigantic, and so much of why it's gigantic is voice files for everybody else who is ah. voiced in the game right, but right. not your character it's like ah oh, if there's one thing i could wish for that would be one of those things but oh well uh all right so game of the game of the week for uh chris is secret world mcmaster why aren't you in here playing with us uh i got other stuff going on <laughs> <laughs> nick do you have an excuse better than that uh yeah i don't all right we uh we have a guild uh, it consists at this point. I mean, there's other people in it, but at this point, in terms of the people in the guild playing, it's me and Chris. Uh, the uh, the play the What's scenario. Enforcement. Wait, say again. What What did you say, Chris? I missed that. No, why wouldn't you want to play in a guild with just Tom and Chris? I know exactly. You're not going to have to listen <laughs> to a bunch of other folks chattering. <laughs> Uh, the, the scenarios, though, are, really are driving me batty. And so mainly I want you folks listening to play with us uh, to get us through some of these scenarios so that I finally get a chance to get an augment. Because it's not They're fair really that cool. is the only one running around with an augment. They're really great. You really great. Skill does 3% more damage now because I have an augment and you don't. Uh, all right, fine. Uh, so let's see. So Secret World. Uh, Chris, what does it cost to play Secret World? Um, gosh, what is the retail price? I think it's like twenty nine ninety five, but it goes on sale so often. Maybe it's thirty nine ninety nine. I don't know, but it goes on sale so often that 
you can find it for under $30. And like, I know we've got a Steam sale coming up and it'll drop down to 20 to 25, somewhere in that range. So shop around, use a, use, uh, you know, there, there are a couple of sites that always have promos going on with just general promo codes. Use one of those, and you can get it down to twenty-five bucks. And as you you will note in uh, the the game diary entry that'll post on Friday, uh, the paywall is really unobtrusive. Um, it's fair. It really doesn't come into play until late in the game. And even though I've said that I have some reservations about how the augments encourage grinding uh, and you can micro-pay your way around some of the grinding, all of that is super in-game stuff. If you consider, if you think of uh, Secret World, and you should, along the lines as a single-player uh, RPG like like something Sky, uh, Bethesda would make, like Skyrim or whatever, uh, it's totally in line with what you're paying. Like, it's a great value for that. And all that paywall stuff doesn't come up until you've spent literally dozens upon dozens of hours going through the content there. So uh, I think it's a very fair value. Uh, all right, so uh, let's go now to the game of the week for uh, Jason McMaster, who is not playing The Secret World. McMaster, what is instead your game of the week? And can I guess? Yeah, you can guess. Is it Call of Duty Ghosts? No. In that case, is it the other one? <laughs> the other one? <laughs> uh, I think of right now, you know, there's Call of Duty Ghosts and Battlefield 4 out right now. You know? Battlefield yeah. <laughs> uh, 4? Yeah, it's, it's the other one. It's the better one, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, Battlefield 4, and you're playing on your uh, Xbox 360? No, I'm playing on uh, my PC. I feel awful for anyone playing this on on a console, and especially a last gen console. Like I can't imagine it it runs well, or I can only and, and I imagine a lot must be lost playing this on a current gen console. Yeah, I'm sure it is. I mean, um, you know, you don't get the 32v32 like you do. It's probably 4v4 only. I'm guessing it's 16-16, okay. which is kind of lame for. Battlefield, honestly. I mean, it worked fine for Bad Company, etc., because most of their maps were streamlined uh, for very small engagements, which I'm sure they did for the uh, current consoles as well, but you kind of missed the point of Battlefield. Well, uh, tell us why it's your game of the week on the PC. Uh, because all sorts of cool stuff happens in the middle of maps. Do you have and a favorite? Yeah, go ahead, sorry. Uh, so far, my favorite is the Paracel one, um, where the ship breaks free and crashes into one of the islands that you're on. That's pretty awesome. Because, you know, I mean, the just the whole map itself, starting off, like, sunny, and then all of a sudden, like, a you know typhoon blows in or something like that. Do you know what EA calls that feature, McMaster? Is it Levolution? Very good. How would I not know that? <laughs> <laughs> it's the it's the evolution of the level or the levolution. Yeah. Oh, levolution! Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> uh, that is awful. It really yeah. is. Yeah, challenge everything. Um, but the yeah, that and I think that's a really cool feature. Uh, you know, and some of the levolution stuff isn't quite as grand as some of the rest of it. Uh, but it's all kind of interesting. And I will say, I, I like the destructibility of the buildings. Of course. You know, they've had that going on uh, for a while, kind of, but uh, it's pretty impressive in this iteration overall. 
Uh, what class are you playing? What are you mainly leveling up? Uh, Paladin, but... <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> I've been skipping back and forth. Uh, you know, a lot of time I'll, I'll start with, like, Engineer. Um, just because I like repairing vehicles and blowing vehicles up and just blowing stuff up in general. That's kind of their specialty. But uh, that and Assault. So, McMaster, when we play, I'm going to fly a helicopter, and I need you to be an engineer and sit in the passenger seat and just hold your arm out the window with the little blowtorch and keep blowtorching the helicopter to repair it as I'm flying. Can you do that? Don't bother shooting at anything. That you just is some video game logic right there, because yeah. I can't imagine that being in a like a military operation. Yeah. All right, sir, we're going in. Right, but you have to reach outside. You can't repair yeah, I know. inside. you got to reach outside. I mean, obviously. I need somebody to blowtorch the hell out of this cockpit. While I'm shooting enemies. <laughs> no, as long as you can fly the helicopter, that's perfectly fine with me. Because as soon as you get well, shot down, I'll just jump. And, you know. Yeah, by fly, I'll, do, you, do, you, no. do you mean sort of uh, bounce around? Because that's a type of flying. Uh, yeah, yeah, you, you, you fly like an insect. It, it really exactly. I can I can sort of be like a drunken bumblebee. <laughs> That's the style that I I use yeah. for my helicopter flying. Uh, I mean, I, we it, just kind of slam into things until there's no thing to slam into, and then we're good to go. Right, exactly. Or sometimes you need a new helicopter. Sometimes you'll break your sure. helicopter. That's Obviously. okay. You just spawn and get it again before anyone else can. Uh, right. And you make sure to camp back at base, you know. Oh, there. duh! You don't want yeah. anybody getting your helicopters. Right, exactly. That's the that's the priority. Um, yep. Uh, have you been focusing at all, McMaster? Because the way that Battlefield works is you get experience points and you unlock things based on what you're doing. So if you want to get the the upgrades to the helicopters, you just have to fly helicopters a lot. Uh, right. Have you been hogging any vehicles? Uh, no, actually. Um, I, you know, oddly enough, I've probably driven a jet ski the most, which is like the worst wartime vehicle. <laughs> To be experienced at, you know, and I've, that's more I of a first, first of the twelve. Using a jet ski core to uh, <laughs> yeah. the Marines, so oh yeah, yeah, prescient. Did uh, you guys see World War Z? By the way, there was a there was a bicycle maneuvering core sequence in World War Z. <laughs> just so you know, so jet skis, <laughs> not that not not that implausible. Uh, uh, McMaster, so you've leveled up your jet ski. What what is it unlocked? Does it unlock like a new a colored plume or anything? It unlocks uh, different teeth whitening effects. Um, no, it, I don't. I don't know what that would be. Uh, it would be some sort. Of, I think you get a conquistador helmet and some water wings, <laughs> which is which is how I would like to go into war anyway. Maybe take a bunch of Viagra first too. See the guy with a conquistador with like a boner and he's got water wings on. You're gonna, you're, you're. Well, you know he's not gonna come there for your surrender, so you might as well just run. <laughs> you could try to kill him, but if you don't, oh god, who knows what he's gonna do? Uh, Rugrester, I can't wait to play on whatever server you're playing on. <laughs> <laughs> I should just make that game. <laughs> uh, how has it been stability-wise for you, McMaster? Actually, pretty good, but I also only play, like, one or two maps at a time, usually. Uh, there is that. that that's a- how. That's also how I play, but not by choice. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
just today, so November 14th, the morning of the 14th, they did push out, uh, I think it was a one gigabyte client-side patch, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it was a pretty big one, yeah. Uh, and they did, of course, uh, so they've been doing some rolling server upgrades as well. I think in the morning of the 14th, there was some problem with trying to join certain servers before they were upgraded. Uh, I don't know if that's settled down yet, but I'm looking forward to jumping back in and seeing if I can get through four or five matches reliably. One thing that I think is great about Battlefield that they do have, certainly have over uh, the Call of Duty stuff is their game modes are a lot cooler than most of Call of Duty's. Um, now, you say that, McMaster, but have you seen the new modes in Ghost? Because they, no. Ghosts has some cool new modes. Uh, I, I, I think that... I think you're shortchanging Activision. I'm gonna. This is one of the few areas I would defend them. Uh, well, are, did they just add it? Because most of these have been in the game for a while. So are you talking far. about in, in Call of Duty Ghosts? No, in Battlefield. Yeah, I mean, did they just add it in Call of Duty Ghosts? Yeah. Well, so. there, uh, there's one called like Blitz, where. Uh, well, well, and Johnny also, if you, think to, if you think to, if you think, pardon, Johnny. <laughs> Maybe, perhaps, but they are adding new modes. And if you think of the infestation as a mode, or extinction, or whatever the heck it's called, if you think of that alien battle thing as a new mode, um, so uh, yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. To be fair, though, uh, when you jump into Call of Duty Ghosts, it seems like everyone's just doing team deathmatch. Uh, yeah, you yeah, can't really. Not... That seems more the exception to the rule in Battlefield Four, at least. Oh yeah, no. no. Yeah. Conquest, I think, is probably. The most popular, maybe, or at least it seems that way to me a lot of times, like Conquest or Conquest Large. Uh, I've really liked, I, I forget the names of these modes, There's one, is it called Obliteration, where you have to grab a bomb and carry it yeah. to the other base, which is basically football, and it's yeah. everybody chasing the football. I, I really, that's new, right? Yeah, well, that one, I think they started in Bad Company 2, something like that. Ah, okay. Or, or maybe, no, well, maybe a type like that, never mind, yeah, that might be new, actually. Well, I, I do like because one the the conquest mode, you know, hallmark conquest mode is that there's no it's a shifting front line. Anybody can yeah. jump into an airplane, fly it over the the rear capture point, parachute out, and just just grab it. So it it's it's very fluid. There's a lot of back and forth. Uh, what I like, I, I do like modes that force everyone to focus on one thing at a time, and that's what I really like about that football mode, where everybody's just chasing the bomb, uh, and it's this grand scrabbling for the bomb, and the action just ranges far and wide across the map. Uh, I love the variety that that introduces. Yeah, yeah and it's, uh, you know, and stuff like Rush. I, I liked Rush a lot as well. It's Rush with the two MCOMs that you have to blow up? Yeah, and then you move on to the next set. You move on to the next set. I thought it was actually uh, really cool. You know, the the drop back and defend. Like playing engineer on that map is a lot of fun. Once yeah. you get like mines and stuff. Oh yes. Uh, yeah. Claymores. Yeah, I'm a big fan of claymores. I love dropping a claymore, forgetting about it, and you know, five minutes later getting a kill and thinking, oh yeah, oh, yeah. I did that. <laughs> oh, yes. And knowing that there's somebody out there who's like, ah, oh, it's freaking claymores. <laughs> oh yes, there always is, and it's probably me. Uh, what, uh, Nick, have you, have you played, I know we asked you this before, have you been in Battlefield 4? I have not been on Battlefield 4 yet. <sighs> played the heck out of Battlefield 3, but haven't right. jumped into Battlefield 4. That's right, we talked about... Levolution, Nick. Yeah, yeah, uh, there's I, no, I heard. There's no Levolution in your precious Arma. <laughs> there is no Levolution in my precious Arma. <laughs> I wouldn't play a game without Levolution, frankly. I yeah, think Hornbossel's got the right of it here. <laughs> We'll just move on from this subject. <laughs> uh, wait, what about commander mode, McMaster? 
I haven't got a chance to do that yet. Have you? Yeah, it's it's kind of uh, it's it's a cute diversion. I'm not sure that I. So once you hit level ten, you can be the commander on either team, and I'm astonished that there would ever be. It seems like the commander is a huge advantage for your team because he's constantly dropping those UAVs to spot in yeah. a certain area. Just the fact that that's the only way you can spawn a C-130, you know, one of those Spectre gunships. Uh, the commanders can drop um, uh, cruise missiles. Uh, so I've played a few times where I'm the only commander in the game, where I can see that the other team doesn't have a commander. And it seems like it, it's just an enormous advantage Uh so it, it, it however, feels – I constantly feel like, wait, everyone – I see all the little counters for the guys on my side, and I'm giving them things. I'm giving them orders to give them extra XP, and I'm certainly earning XP as well. But after yeah. I play a few rounds, I, I get this overwhelming sense of, hey, everybody else is having more fun than me. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, it's not like postpartum depression or anything, is it? I wouldn't under- – Over. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't well, – like- Sense no, of malaise. Yeah, I don't have any first-hand knowledge of what postpartum depression feels like. But, but hmm. It's more like not being allowed to play, not getting picked to be on a team. It's like, hey, Tom, you, oh. we're going to all play capture the flag on the playground. You stand over here and uh, you know chuck pebbles at the other team, but you can't really play. Just throw pebbles at these guys. Uh, that explains a lot. If that's a story from your past. That shut up. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at least it means I'm level 10. So there's that. I, I was <laughs> wait for the longest time. I was like, I got to get to level ten. I got to try commander mode. I got to get. Yeah, to level- I want to do that. Uh, so actually, McMaster, I need you. I'm going to play, and uh, if you're not riding in the helicopter, blowtorching my helicopter. Obviously. I need you to be the commander and just always drop the UAV over me, so I can see it. <laughs> so basically, I just need you to be my personal UAV angel. Now you're too busy playing the secret world. Can you be my yeah. UAV angel in the secret world? Uh, maybe. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but it would have to be uh, very dirty. Uh, also, I'll have you know, uh, anyone who plays Battlefield 4 with me, they will never, ever run out of ammo. Oh, I oh sp- you're that guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's that guy. Wouldn't believe. Uh, I, I, I imagine there's a way to check my score breakdown, but surely at least half of the XP I've earned has been from just blindly chucking ammo everywhere. You know, I, <laughs> I see an enemy, I throw ammo at him first, and then I shoot him. No, just I'm not going to pretend I'm good at that game at all or anything, but I really love putting it on, like, uh, one or two shots on the weapons and uh, just, like, headshotting everyone from really far away because most people just, like, wildly fire. Like crazy, so you, so I'm that guy, and you're that other guy. You're the one doing. <laughs> you just need to hit V like twice and put it on like a couple of shots, and then if you like duck and see anybody, just you know, start trying to shoot at their chest. You will get a lot more headshots than you expect. Okay. Wait, V is that weird distance drop thing? I, I would, that's like trigonometry. No, V is V changes your fire rate. Oh. God, what are you thinking of? What the hell? Uh, Some of the weapons do have a setting where you are you're you're dialing in the distance for a sniper weapon. Oh yeah, sure. They yeah. Some weapons also have like those add-on zoomers and stuff. Yeah, no, I know what you're talking about. But I think in order to use those effectively, you need a slide rule and a a scratch pad constantly. (laughs) Uh, And I'm not quite that that deft with with the trigonometry. 
All right, so Battlefield 4. Uh, McMaster, what's your name on Origin? Hell, I don't know. Um, I don't know. Okay. Everyone. McMaster, maybe? Uh, no, I think it's Herky McMaster, actually. So Herky <laughs> McMaster, you can find me as Tom Chick. It's pretty easy to remember. Um, Nick, when you play, you'll probably be Telefrog. Chris, why aren't you playing Battlefield? For, get get in there. Uh, bird dog it. Yeah. Bird dog it. <laughs> <laughs> I need you to get a bird dogging on that one, Chris. <laughs> yeah, no problem. No problem. I'll, I'll just go bird dogging. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, all right, so Battlefield 4, still going strong. Uh, get that patch, one gigabyte. Um, Do it up. Wow. Uh, Nick, since your game of the week is not what I thought it was going to be, what is it instead? Uh, my game of the week is... XCOM Enemy Within. Oh, awesome. I haven't played it yet. Cool. Yeah, that thing that came out like a year ago. XCOM Enemy Within. Yeah, Enemy Within. <laughs> I, I did. I have to kind of like it. It's one of those uh, add-ons that's name is too close to the original where I get confused. Because what's it called originally? Uh, enemy Unknown. See, right. But now I guess we know the enemy and the enemy is us, so it's Enemy Within. Um, that's right. <laughs> So, uh, what system are you playing this on? Uh, I'm playing it on PC. So you didn't have to rebuy XCOM; you just bought it as downloadable content. Nope, just bought it as downloadable content. Um, uh, of course, you get to you know pay almost as much as buying the full thing on a console, which seems odd, but okay. And how do you feel about uh, its value so far? With what, it, does it feel like money well spent? Or have you been ripped off, Nick? Uh, I, I like it. So far, I do like it. Um, so to go back a little bit with Enemy Unknown, I'm not one of the people that uh, you know were highly disappointed by Enemy Unknown. I actually had a lot of fun with it. I played through it like three times, I think. Um, On what difficulty? Uh, one time regular, one time uh, Iron Man, and one time classic Iron Man. Whoa. All right. I, I was going to make fun of you, and wow. I feel now that I can. Yeah, That's impressive. It is. I mean, it's not impossible, Iron Man. No, no, no. But you know, yeah, uh, and and, and I'll admit, wow. I I struggled through <laughs> classic Iron Man. But You're you made XCOM than me. Yeah, me too. I did make. Yeah. So real quick, going around the room. So uh, Chris, did you you did play Enemy Unknown? Oh yeah, absolutely. McMaster, are you man enough to have played Enemy Unknown very much? Yeah, I also pre-ordered and preloaded Enemy Within, but I've had too damn much League of Legends to play. Oh, good <laughs> <God>. <laughs> None of it. Uh, all right, so Nick, give us a thumbnail. What do we get when we buy uh, yeah. Enemy Within un- Enemy Unknown? Uh, so Enemy Unknown adds a uh, if your complaint about the uh, the base game was that there weren't enough maps mm. uh, for the different tactical battles, then. Uh, Enemy Within should answer that. There are a ton of new maps. In fact, uh, I'm, I'd have to say, probably midway through my current playthrough uh, with the add-on, and I have not seen a repeat map. It really is awesome to, to play a little really? way into this and keep seeing, oh, this is a new map. Yeah. Oh, oh I haven't oh, been I've here before. Oh, I've oh, never look seen at this. It. Yeah, it's, it's very pleasantly surprising, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it, very cool. Um, it adds, uh, of course... The meld, uh, which is a new resource, uh, yeah. has a timer on it. You have to rush for it in the maps. Um, uh, getting why the we, meld. 
Yeah, why do we want meld? Well, getting the meld allows you to uh, unlock the ability to uh, mess with your soldiers and uh, turn them into uh, cyborgs and then mechs. I just like to think of it as mechanical enhancement in gene therapy. Yeah, I mean that's what I that's what I tell uh, myself that I'm I'm too I, you know that's what my guys are probably telling them as they cut their <laughs> arms and legs off. Right. <laughs> hey, it's for the good of the unit, buddy. Yeah, we're, we're just making you better, stronger. Uh, so, in other words, it's like they're, they're basically it's like RoboCop, but instead of oh, we had to do this to you because you would have been killed otherwise, it's just hop on the operating table. We'll, we'll see you after the anesthetic. I mean, they're Pretty just much. like chopping their guys up. Oh my god! <laughs> well, the I, so the yeah the gene therapy seems more insidious, but the the mechs uh, and actually and they're called MECs. I, I think it's been explained that mech is is trademarked, so it's mechanical enhancement. Oh, is that chassis? Why? Yeah, so it's I, called a yeah. It's, it's a, it's an I was wondering why why they had to drop the the H. I was yep. like, well, are they just doing something to be different? And then oh, it's yeah. trademarked. Okay, I believe yeah, I believe Mech is trademarked the Mech Warrior folks. I could be mistaken about that, but I think that's why they're calling them Mechs, just MEC. And I think it is mechanical enhancement chassis. I could be wrong about that. Um, so you need meld. This is basically there, there, there's these. It's these two cool new options for upgrading your troops, and the resources meld. So, Nick, how do you feel about the way they've built meld into the game? Because I'm not, I'm not sold on this. It, it is a little clumsy. Um, so what happens is you go into a tactical mission, uh, and, and early on in the, uh, in fact, I think it's maybe the second or the third mission in the game, um, they present you with. Uh, a, a mission where they tell you, oh, no, there's some weird, you know, unknown uh, substance that the aliens are dropping around. Um, go get it. You start to run out there and go get it. And there's a timer that basically counts down on the meld. If you don't get it before this timer counts down, uh, then the meld blows up and you lose your chance to get it. Um, and this happens on pretty much every map from then on. I think it's only the story maps, the things that are the. There's the two little story uh, chain. Uh, yeah, there's the story missions. deal, um, and then there's like the council missions that come up. Right. Uh, it'll be on there. It's yeah, it's weird because I, I I feel almost like the addition of the meld to the tactical maps almost uh, highlights the one glaring weakness of the tactical battles for me. Uh, which, which is, is that, what explain yeah you know which for me uh, the so the only thing the only complaint I really had about the vanilla game was that um, really the only way to, to successfully play especially if you were going to do like an Iron Man uh, classic Iron Man was to really creep slowly across the map because of course if you you know uncover uh, more of the enemy groups at once you were kind of screwed. So you had to kind of uncover them one at a time as you kind of slowly crawled across the map, right? Uh, as, uh, as other people have pointed out, there's no point in flanking in XCOM. Um, it just doesn't do much for you other than unlock more enemies and screw you over. So the meld kind of uh, exacerbates that because you know now you have this choice where, well, you can, you can crawl across the map, but then the meld will blow up and you won't be able to get it. 
So now you have to throw somebody out there, like, get out there, get get the meld before the countdown happens, you know, and unlock uh, a bunch of enemies. So, And it's basically gating these new uh, features, the, the mech and the, the cyber implant gene therapy stuff, behind rushing through a map. Like, it, it's right. basically saying... You know, if you want to play the way you used to play, that's fine, but you're not going to get mechs, you're not going to get gene therapy stuff, you're not going to be able to make much progress there. If you really want to exploit and explore and incorporate these new systems, we need you to push recklessly forward into the map. Into which, the map. Unlock a bunch of enemies. <laughs> right. Which which I, I, I think my problem with that mainly is I like playing, like I guess you do, Nick, because you did it a couple of times, I like playing on the more difficult punishing levels where you have to be more meticulous you have to be more careful you have to move more slowly and you use overwatch and it feels like it's inordinately making those systems harder to access if you want to make the game more challenging and maybe that's the point um but yeah i just i don't know how i feel about that like being asked to play more recklessly or more boldly when i'd rather play a harder difficulty level and play more carefully um yeah, I, I agree, and uh, I don't know how others may. I mean, maybe there was a, a bunch of people complaining about how easy it was, but I, I felt like classic and Iron Man was kind of hard enough. Yeah, um, I, I never had a complaint with how hard the tactical battles were. You know, the real difficulty came from you know, oh crap, I got to get my satellites and my funding right. in shape. <laughs> So my where I currently am is I'm I'm finding normal a little too easy and classic too hard. So and I constantly do this with the freaking new XCOM is I'll start so many games and I'll be like no I'm going to restart and and I just I I keep and I keep pushing on playing classic which is the second the third difficulty level in the, out of four you know impossible I can't even get past the first missions I don't know what they're thinking there but but yeah, I've normal never, I've never played impossible I don't see how do people do that like I don't I don't know. I, yeah, it's. I feel like it's taunting me. Um, but but classic, I I'll get a little, I'll get kind of far into it, and then I'll have some punishing disaster where suddenly I'm back to just the you know a completely new squad of new guys. I don't have a second satellite up yet, and so I restart. And I I'm torn between pushing forward on classic Iron Man, of course, uh, and just resigning myself to a playthrough on on normal. Um, do you have any advice for me, Nick? Uh, I, I have no advice for you because <laughs> I'm, I'm sort of guilty of the same thing. If, if at least, you know, obviously not on Iron Man, but yeah, if, if my guys wipe, I almost feel like, ah, crap. <laughs> so I start, restart the whole game. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Especially if you, you know, you lose, I mean, you probably, if you're like me, you probably have a couple people that are wounded, that's wounded at the same time. So they're in the hospital or whatever, recovering, um, so you're left with, you know, like a core group of guys with a bunch of abilities and you wind up using them on a couple missions and then, oh, they wipe and you're like, ah, oh, damn it. <laughs> uh, someone on the forum did say, I don't know if this is the case, but they did say that one of the ways that the difficulty level has been jiggered is that it takes longer for wounded soldiers to heal and therefore you need to have more than just one core group of dudes is that you need to be able to field different squads while while one squad recovers, another squad is, is actually playing the missions. Um, and I like that in theory, um, but it just makes it, it... Overall, it just makes it so much more painful when I lose dudes. Now that there are these new systems, now that there are new, the new medals, all the cool customization things, the new accents, 
I just get more attached and invested in my soldiers so that when they die, I get more frustrated and I just restart. Uh, so I'm probably going to end up playing the first third of XCOM over and over and over again for many months to come. Well, you get attached unless you wanted your uh, Japanese guy to speak Japanese. Yeah, but it's it's kind of like... Because <laughs> that's not going to happen. Right. Yeah, there's no Japanese accent. Wouldn't that be... Yeah, I wish they had done that. Uh, there, there's no Asian language in the game, <laughs> which which is weird. Considering that there are Asian ethnicities. You know, some of the character models are Asian. Certainly, uh, there are Asian countries. They can be from, from Asian countries. Uh, yeah, what's up with that? I don't know. <laughs> it's pretty annoying. Yeah. I, I will say that... So one of the things... I, I can't remember who exactly said it, but it was one of the interviews, preview interviews with, you know, Firaxis when they were talking about this. They said... You know, here's the deal, you know, you unlock this, the meld and the mechs, and hey, we're putting in some new enemies and 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 oh, there's this, you know, this other group that is going to jump in now and you know, you'll have to deal with that, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um and they said, you know, but the good news is if you don't want to mess with the meld, just ignore it and just drive on and continue with the way you would normally play uh and just, you know, kind of deal with the new systems. And at the point I'm at in the game, I thought that's not possible. There is, <laughs> I don't see how you would play Enemy Within and ignore the meld and not try to get up that you know area in the tree. Do Do you mean just because it's so tempting, or do you mean because the difficulty level is such that you need those new systems? I, I really feel like you need the new systems, especially with the so new enemies it, that they throw in. So you basically have to play that way then. So like one it forces you into that into that gameplay choice yeah well i don't i don't know if you need like like i haven't unlocked a lot of the grenades there's like a ton of new grenades now a bunch of new uh ammo types too i haven't unlocked any of that stuff but i I would have you need the mechs you have to get the mechs (laughs) uh something that i think some XCOM purists complained about with XCOM enemy within when uh, enemy unknown when it was released uh, in the original XCOM, you could like shoot through walls. You could direct your attacks at the geometry and and sort of affect the map that way. You could right. never do that in Enemy Unknown, and that was it seemed partly a game design decision because then it would be too easy to just work your way around cover. You can never shoot away cover; it can happen accidentally, but you can't intentionally do it. Uh, the mechs changed that. Like the mechs can actually trash cover now, which is kind of huge. Um, so yeah, there are things like that that I feel like. This is like a, a. This changes the way the game plays. How would you opt out of that? Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I don't, don't want to spoil it for anyone, but uh, man, the first time you punch an enemy with that rocket fist thing, <laughs> it's so awesome. <laughs> it makes me think of that. Uh, there's a scene in Pacific Rim where they they push a button for rocket elbow <laughs> <laughs> in one of the Jaegers. Yeah. Uh, all right, so uh, XCOM Enemy Within, the the new add-on. It certainly, yeah, like like for me as well, Nick. Like just finding the new maps. Even I, I think I'm just gonna have to resign myself to playing on normal, uh, and then I can work on my EP for getting through a a, mich- a game on classic later on. Uh, but it really does feel like uh, it it does in a in a nice way really reinvigorate XCOM for me. I'm really enjoying re-exploring that. So, uh, all right. So let's see who's left for game of the week. 
McMaster. I think we're done, right? Yeah, we're done. <laughs> Good. Let's get this over with. See you suckers later. I, I was gonna I was gonna mention XCOM, but I'm glad you brought that up, Nick. So I'll I'll just talk about this little thing that I didn't expect. I had no idea what this was until I started playing it. If you were to look at the name Desktop Dungeons, and if you were to look at screenshots of it, you would just think it's a little uh, a roguelike, or maybe uh, there, there's this old LucasArts series of like Yoda's Desktop Adventures, where you just do little dungeons. Uh, so Desktop Dungeons from a, I believe, a South African developer called QFC, QCF, QFC. Um, it looks like a roguelike, and I'm, I'm about, I, I think I'm convinced it is absolutely not a roguelike. That that's a complete misreading on what these guys have done. So who here has played Desktop Dungeons? I have not. Nope. Uh, so Ooh, Nick, me, me. Yeah. So Nick. Would you argue with me if I were to throw down and say desktop dungeons is not a roguelike? Damn it! And if I like hit my fist on the desk, would you argue with that? No, I I, I don't feel it's very roguelike at all. Well, rats, I was hoping for some dramatic debate. Thanks for not rising. <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> well, it Tom, certainly- it's not a roguelike. Tom, it clearly is a roguelike. It could Thank be you, more Chris. roguelike. Thank you. Well, Chris, let me tell you why you're wrong. Uh, <laughs> I'm wrong. How dare you, sir? <laughs> so roguelikes, the idea is that a roguelike is, a, is an RPG with random level, and you have your one character, your character with one life, and you just try to get through it as best as you can, get as far as you can through these random dungeons. And even if they're not dungeons, it can be outer space, like an FTL. Um, that's not really what's going on in desktop dungeons. Uh, and it took me a while to figure that out. You do, of course, have a dungeon. It's always one screen. It's pretty straightforward. You have one life to get through it. But the, unlike a roguelike, it's not about exploring it. It's entirely about exploiting the dungeon. The dungeon is strictly resources. As you're moving around and unfogging it, it doesn't matter. It's not tracking your movement. You're not moving one tile, and then the monsters move, and you try to survive against them, and you fight them. As you move one tile, you unfog an area, and you can freely walk around in the area that you've unfogged. There's no time limit or anything. Uh, in that regard, it's a bit like that strategy game, Oasis. Uh, your resource with using a turn is just how much of the map are you going to unfog. And then once you've unfogged it, how are you going to use it? So what you're doing on this one-screen dungeon with your character is you're trying to find the main boss, and he's way higher level than you, and he's super tough, and you're trying to use the monsters and the treasure uh, in the, the, that level to get yourself powerful enough to defeat the boss. And once you do that, you've earned money that you use to, that you pour into the metagame to give you new classes, new tools, to unlock more dungeons. Um, so to me, it feels more like a, a strategy game or maybe even a city builder. Uh, I'm not sure what I'd call it. Um, Nick, does that sound right? Like, would you be okay with calling it a strategy game? Can you think of a better way to, to explain what this is? Yeah, I think it is very much a strategy game because you're you're managing, uh, you know, especially when you fight the monsters and you take damage, you heal by uncovering new tiles in the dungeon. So you you definitely have to balance, you know, you can't just run around willy-nilly and uncover the whole dungeon um, because then you will have no way to heal. <laughs> and one of the things that I discovered is that, yeah, is that you think of each fogged tile – 
as a resource, you know, something that gives you more mana or, or health. Uh, and then furthermore, the monsters, you also, and this is a huge, uh, this was a huge paradigm shift for me that I had to get past to be able to play well, is you don't just fight whatever monster you can fight. You know, if you go through and you clear all the level one monsters out when you're level one, you'll go to level two. Then you clear out all the level two monsters, maybe you'll hit level three. Then you fight all the level three monsters. You can't do that. You have to carefully calculate, and it's very turn-based, and it's very meticulous when it's math. You can always see the numbers. You're never going to accidentally die. Um, You have to carefully calculate what is the toughest monster I can fight using the tools that I have. You know, not what monster can I easily beat, because you're not going to get the most out of your resources. It's all about how can I kill a monster a few levels higher than me, and therefore maximize my return. Um, and, and it's super mathy. It's super, like you sit down and you think, okay, I have this many hit points, I do this much damage. He has this many hit points, he does this much damage. I have these spells and this mana that I can use to maybe affect that. Or I have this magic item. Um, so it's, it's, it's very cerebral and, and not, I normally hate mathy games, not in a dry way, but very cerebral in a, in a, in a wonderfully themed way with your different character and his different abilities and the different monsters abilities. Um, and there's nothing random too, which is also kind of weird and sets it apart from roguelikes. Like you, as far as I know, Nick, can you think of anything that is random here? I, I don't think so. I, I mean, maybe the treasure is random. Oh, no, no, the placed. placement. I don't yeah, know. Definitely, no, the placement and the, the level design, what monsters you can get, all of that is random. But as far as the mechanics, like once, when you're, when you're looking at how much you've unfogged, what your abilities are, what the monster's abilities are, and by the way, it's very helpful at breaking down in the interface. Over successive attacks, this is where your health will be. This is where the monster's health will be. If you click on this spell, this is how much damage it'll do. If you kill this monster, this is how much experience you're going to have. It's very deterministic in that regard. There are no die rolls, for instance. Um, the, the only thing I know of that I think is random, and I'm not clear on how this works. There's a great manual in there. I should probably look this up. Some things give you a dodge percentage. And I'm not sure how that works. I don't know if it's a straight-up percentage chance that you'll miss, that a monster will miss when it attacks. Um, but otherwise, everything is very laid out. Like, you never fight something and then we're like, whoops, it killed me. You always know before you <laughs> click. It tells you, hey, if you fight this, if you click here, you will be dead. Uh, so there's never any accidental deaths. Uh, so that's the thing, too, with the dungeon is that you don't uh, – like, you'll see a point where you're out of moves – you know, well, there's nothing else I can do. I guess I better leave. Uh, and then you just sort of shamefully walk out. You can go ahead and die. It won't make much difference. Um, but you never accidentally die. You always know before you click, this will kill me. Um, so you are constantly in control of what happens to your little dude. Uh, I love that about it. Um, uh, and the way it's laid out with the, the city development and unlocking the new races and the new classes, uh, just really smart and, and content-rich. Uh, I really like the meta level a lot. Uh, they've been working on this. I think it was a Flash game for a long time. Uh, I know it's been in, in beta for a while. Uh, but this game definitely s- feels like something super polished that they've been working on for a long time. Um, Nick, have you run into any of the gods yet? Oh, gosh, no. I have not. Uh, I love the way they do religion here. So... Uh, as you play in these randomized dungeons, uh, sometimes you'll find a little sub-dungeon. 
Um, and you go in there, and sometimes maybe it's just a tough monster, and you kill it, and he drops a piece of new treasure that you haven't seen. Awesome. Sometimes you go down in these dungeons, and there'll be like a dude of another race, like a halfling. And he'll say, hey, I'm a halfling. Uh, will you give me a health potion? And if you do give him a health potion, when you finish the dungeon, you can recruit halflings. Uh, so that's one of the ways they unfold things. Sometimes you'll go down into these dungeons, and there are like puzzles in the little sub uh, side dungeons. Um, if you accomplish the puzzle, it's not always easy, it's not always clear what you're supposed to do, you might find an altar to a god. And I think there are maybe a half dozen, maybe a little more. Uh, there are several gods in the game. And whenever it rolls up a dungeon, uh, it will randomly include the altar of one of the gods that you have unlocked, that you've discovered, uh, whose puzzle you have solved. The way these gods are incorporated, uh, it, it, it strikes me that it's every bit as important, I would say more important, than before you do a dungeon, you choose a race and a class. I would say even more important than those two choices uh, is deciding to go to one of these altars and adopting a religion. Because the religions in this game dramatically change the rules. Uh, if you choose to worship a god, it, it introduces this new resource called piety. And you'll earn piety for doing certain things that that god likes. Um, for instance, there's a god called Torog, and he's just the base melee dude. Uh, he's a pretty simple one. He just likes you to kill stuff. Uh, so as you kill stuff, you earn piety. And with this piety, you can go to the uh, little worship button, and you can spend your piety to unlock attack bonuses and cool new equipment. And you can even get a full set of Tarog equipment for a super bonus. So when you see a Tarog altar, if you decide to play that way, you are basically unlocking the option to get a cool set of, of armor and, and, and weapons, and therefore an uber bonus to help you on that dungeon. The drawback is that Tarog doesn't like you using any sissy magic. So if you ever want to use your spells, it eats into your piety, you know, this piety that you're building up, hopefully to unlock this cool set of armor. So you have to decide, uh, okay, if I'm going to worship Tarog, I'm going to pretty much abandon magic. Uh, and what, what happens with the gods is that if you ever run out of piety and you do something that they don't like and you don't have the piety to pay for it, they punish you. Nice. <laughs> and what Tarog does is he, he gives you a permanent and pretty much crippling uh, disadvantage, like a, a debuff to your attack percentage. Uh, he basically means you, you've lost the dungeon. So if you ever <laughs> use spells, yeah, it's, 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 it's over by the time you've done that. It's minus 30% to your attack, which means you're never going to kill the boss. Uh, and, they're, and, and they're completely different gods. So when you, you know, you can always pick your class and your race before you start a dungeon. But when you encounter that altar in the dungeon, when you it's this crazy decision about, okay, do I want to complete the dungeon this way or do I just want to ignore this? Uh, and, and I love that they do something that changes the game so dramatically that is so completely random when, when you do a dungeon. Um, so uh, Desktop Dungeons is on Steam. I think it's, uh, it's a little $20 indie affair. Uh, don't be fooled by screenshots. It looks... It looks really modest. Uh, it it looks like a tiny little casual game, but it is not. It is it has a lot of what I would call this kind of sounds gross, but it has a lot of what I would call uh, cerebral meat. Mm. It's it's a real <laughs> yummy. Gross. <laughs> but it's a game like that I that. I do find myself and I don't do this. I, I don't 
think you get this in roguelikes. I'll find myself at a certain point where I just have to stop and just sort of study, and not in a bad way, in a good way. Like I have to stop and look at the different resources I have, and I have to compare, okay, should I kill this guy first? Can I really kill this level 6 guy yet? Uh, okay, am I going to get enough gold where I can buy this, which will let me kill those guys? Uh, it's a game that occasionally makes you just want to sit and have a cup of coffee and, and stare at it and consider it for a while and think about what you're going to do next. Um, so absolutely not a roguelike. Uh, all right, so uh, there we go. There are our games of the week. Uh, who here has a PlayStation 4 already? <laughs> just as I thought. <laughs> not I. No kill zone for you guys. Um. <laughs> no. McMaster talked me out of mine. That's right, McMaster. You, uh, yeah, you canceled your pre-order. Yeah. Did you get one? Me? Oh, good lord, no, no. I have, yeah, I, I have no desire to uh, get a, a PS4, uh, and but... Sony apparently has no desire for me to get a PS4 either. Uh, well, I mean, you've seen the review scores. Can you imagine what the hell you'd give them? What review scores? Like they've been putting up PS4 review scores, and Killzone's getting killed on Metacritic, and uh, Knack is worse. Oh, oh, that's too bad. Well, I say that's too bad. What, what have you read reviews? Like, what do people not like about Killzone? Do you know? Uh, it's real uh, kind of uh, underwhelming. Knack, mm. I, I don't know what they were thinking with. Like, Knack, I, I don't know what the hook was supposed to be. I guess that your guy breaks or something. But, uh, yeah, Knack uh, always seemed like a tough sell. So, uh, that's too bad for them. Killzone, I liked the multiplayer in the last Killzone. Um but, you know, when you've got Battlefield 4, who needs a kill zone, I guess? Yeah. Uh, all right, so uh, if you've got a, a PS4, I hope you're enjoying it. We will have uh, next week someone here talking about uh, his PS4. Um, maybe two people, actually. It might be our, our PS4 edition next week. Uh, so join us for that. Uh, until then, I think we all liked our games of the week, right? Yeah, so try yeah. Secret World, try Battlefield 4, try XCOM Enemy, Un- Enemy Within. No, nope, uh, yeah, Within. Within. Uh, and <laughs> Desktop Dungeons. Um, and uh, join us next week for our PS4 show. So I am Tom Chick. I've been joined by Jason McMaster, Chris Hornbossel, Nick Diamond, uh, and we will see everyone here next week. Actually, McMaster, maybe if you just like stand back near the base, and then I'll yeah. come back every now and then, and you can repair me with your blowtorch there, because I, <laughs> okay, might, I might want, yeah, I might want Nick to ride in the helicopter with me. Yay! Yeah, yeah. Good luck with that. <laughs> uh, lawn dart. Yay! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It really is a thing of both beauty and immense frustration to see people on the servers who are really good with aircraft. Oh, yeah. There are, there are some dudes out there, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. Are they really yeah. that hard to control? Not easy. Well, the helicopters have a weird... It's it, Like, the planes are one thing, but the helicopters have this weird drifty thing. Like, you're, you, you kind of, it does almost, at least when I fly them, it almost feels like kind of bouncing them. 
Yeah. Uh, like, you never just move in one direction. You're constantly... It's almost like skating. I don't know how to describe it. But, yeah, I find they're hard to control. Is either of you good with them? No. I'm okay. Not great. No, I'm, you know, I'm Maybe terrible. we should let McMaster fly. <laughs> McMaster, you fly. Uh, Nick and I are going to ride along with you. All right. Thanks, man. Who was the A-team guy who flew the helicopter? Murdoch. Yeah, can you be our Murdoch? Uh, obviously, yes. <laughs> what does that make Nick and me, by the way? Oh, God. Well, look at Mr. T and Hannibal here. There's, I don't see a face man amongst you. Um, what? There's no face? <laughs> me, Horn Chris, Chris can be... Chris can be yeah. Paid. yeah, okay. Nice. All right. And now, which one of us? Which one of us has to be Mr. T? I'm gonna give Mr. T to Nick. He, he was not Mr. T on the show. He was VA. VA Brackus. Yeah. He's got the best jewelry. <laughs> and then I guess that makes you Hannibal, Tom. Give the George. Liam Neeson. Yeah, or Liam Neeson, whichever. All right. Awesome. Wait a minute. So does that mean that that Chris is um is Bradley Cooper? Yeah. Oh. And I'm that dude from, uh, yeah, you know, District 9. <laughs> Master's going to turn into a prawn. By the way, I feel bad. They, uh, uh, yeah. One of the selling points for Call of Duty Ghosts was that it had an Eminem song at the end. And here we are talking about uh, Battlefield 4 with an Eminem song. This is the actual song, I think, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, is it? I did not mean to. Yeah, it is. Uh, I mean, I, what I meant to say is, is that, uh, yeah, I meant to do that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, this uh, is survival of the fittest, right? Oops, sorry, Activision. Yeah, good time. Uh, hey, yeah, hey, you're you're gonna be getting a lot of four is great. Shit. <laughs> 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 yeah, I like uh, I, I like how the how M rated the uh, actual song is as compared to the rest of the podcast. Uh, yeah, we get an explicit tag now. Thank yeah. you, others. <laughs>